Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological. In this episode of Phanthropological, we're digging back into a topic we've covered before, but with a twist with a guest. Before we get to that guest, though, I am, of course, Nick Z, your host for the episode, and with me is my co-host, Nick T. In a surprise twist, I shot first. Oh, man. And with us to discuss the topic that I haven't even introduced yet, Star Wars, is Alex from Star Wars Minute. Hello there. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, it's great having you. Yeah. One thing I want to know right off the bat mm-hmm. is what prompted you to start Star Wars Minute? Because uh, I was digging into it. You've been running since 2013. That's almost six years of Star Wars minutes and many hundreds of minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> well i was friends acquaintances with my co-host peter retailer and we would occasionally uh, socialize in social situations and we realized we just wound up talking about star wars all the time and uh, i was the co-host of a podcast and one day my a different is it maybe getting too confusing? Anyway, Pete was a guest on a show I was on, and we talked about Star Wars a lot. And then uh, we said, hey, we should do a Star Wars podcast. And then Pete brought in the formula of doing it one minute at a time. Originally, we were just going to do the original Star Wars, but then uh, we were having so much fun, and then it became so much popular that we had to go on. Our public demanded it. <laughs> awesome. Can't think of a much better reason to go on than to have a, a public that also demands things from you. You know how the public is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fickle. <laughs> Speaking of fickle publics, mm-hmm. one of the things that I was wondering, and it it's getting fairly specific, also kind of digging into the past of the show a little bit, but I'm wondering if uh, you remember when you did the episode covering the minute in which uh, Han has that uh, slightly controversial interaction with Greedo. Do you remember how your fans reacted to that episode of, of the Star Wars Minute? Was it a very controversial episode? It doesn't stand out to me in my memory as being uh, controversial. I think also at that time, it was still fairly early in the proceedings that mm-hmm. we didn't have a big audience at that point. You can tell because the first season, we were cycled through our guests, so we had everyone come on for two different shifts. But uh, now, that, now that we've built up a backlog of guests that we can barely get everyone in. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't remember it being much of, a, much of an issue. Also, we covered the non-special edition for our show because we both prefer the non-special edition. So to us, it was just another day at the office. You know, Don killed Greedo, <laughs> the end. You know, there was, there was no, uh, you know. Yeah. And I don't know if I've talked to anyone who really argues passionately in favor of Greedo shooting. So it's controversial, but it's only because the only person who seems in favor of it is was George Lucas. So, you know, there's yeah. not many people arguing on the other side of it. Interesting. I don't know why, but I always thought there was maybe not an even split in the fandom, but, you know, at least a sizable camp on, on both sides. I think there are probably more people who uh, we, we're in the middle of covering the Phantom Menace. Uh, and uh, there's a scene where um, BB-8, the cute, adorable BB-8, um, flicks a lighter (laughs) as a hand gesture and this turned out to be a fascinating Rorschach test because uh, to me I always thought he was giving the thumbs up but there is a sizable minority that thinks he is in fact uh, flipping the bird to to poor Finn there (sighs) to me that seems like a radical interpretation of the character like it totally changes who he is if he's going around 
you know, flipping the bird, but, uh, you know, who am I to, uh, to criticize other people? Yeah, so that, that seems more controversial to me. That and the thing people get most worked up at is what do you call those big iron machines that attacked them on Hoth? You know, those big walking things. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the, the, the Adat versus Walker versus AT, AT wars have, have claimed many a, <laughs> many a fan. That's fascinating to me because I spent a lot of time playing like uh, Rogue Squadron for the N64 and they just say it out there. So why would I not take it at face value? What do they say? Add at? I think they say add at. They say uh, like add at burned. Yeah. Some people have submitted that as evidence that um, that that's canonically what you're supposed to say. But personally, for me, the movies only count. So therefore, they are called walkers because they say Imperial walkers scouted on the ridge. But for some reason, no one wants to take that stance. Everyone's all <laughs> fixated on this ad ad business. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's part of the problem when you build an entire expanded universe with encyclopedias and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Or we don't see enough, so we don't know how people in the universe pronounce it. I think it might just be one of those regional differences, too. Yeah. <laughs> Coke soda pop thing. <laughs> yeah. On Hoth, it's at at, but maybe on uh, on Alderaan, it's at at. Yeah. The one that seems the worst to me is at at. Because <laughs> why would you bother coming up with acronyms like that and then not just take what's right there in front of you? <sighs> but then people are like, well, then what do you call a little one? And you know, at because that's called an atst. So that's the argument people use. That interesting. Because you don't call it an atst. <laughs> you should not call it an at at, but like I said, very controversial issue. Yeah, you could spend the whole episode just talking about that. <laughs> well, hopefully, we can dig into more minutia. Obviously, mm -hmm. but yeah. one thing I was wondering was kind of related to that, in the sense that going uh, back in time, what got you into Star Wars? What's your key Star Wars moment? Well, for me, it was probably the first time I saw it, which was, I was, um, let's see, six years old. It was uh, when Star Wars, you know, classic came out. Uh, I saw it in the theater. My dad took me to see it. And uh, I remember being like, you know, knocked out by it when I was that old. I don't think I followed the plot very well, but just the fact that there was all this cool looking stuff, you know, spaceships flying around and stuff like that. And because back then you couldn't see it on home video, they would re-release it every summer. So every summer you could basically go see Star Wars on the big screen as much as you wanted. And I, I think I wound up uh, probably about 32 times or something like that, 33 times wow. I saw it in the theater, wow. you know, as a, as a kid. Because, you know, back then it was the 70s. You'd feel like, okay, kids, I'm going to drop some eight-year-olds off at the movie theater. See, we'll pick <laughs> you up in two hours, you know. <laughs> like nowadays they just wouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, back then. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, by the time of Return of the Jedi, uh, I, I was still interested in Star Wars, but I was not, like, hardcore about it because uh, I think there was the stigma of the toys because uh, back then, if you were 13 years old, you did not play with Star Wars dolls, you know? So um, that's changed now because yeah. I think, you know, now so-called grown men play with them. So. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I got out of it with Return of the Jedi after Return of the Jedi. And, uh, but then when the, the toys came back in the late nineties, my, uh, poor, my poor wife, I was like, oh, should I, I don't know. I'm thinking about buying one of those Star Wars figures. And she's like, you totally should, you should buy one. And because she didn't know what she was unleashing because then for the next <laughs> few years, I was like, you know, had to buy every figure there was and dragged her around to Walmarts and Toys R Us's all over this great nation of ours. <laughs> 
no offense, you guys are great too. Don't do it. <laughs> you want to take that as an anti-Canada slam or anything. So I mean, we we have our WalMarts and our Toys R Uses as well. So yes, uh, exactly. It's fine. Yeah. We're sorry that you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Canadian apology. What, what a surprise. <laughs> anyway, again, I'm teasing. I love Canada. Well, thanks. I guess it, it sort of surprises me a little bit that it was the toys in the late '90s that sort of drew you back in rather than the prequel trilogy well if anything it was probably more the re-releases of the of the of the well i guess the releases of the special editions because i think the the toys coming out sort of primed the pump and then when they re-released the movies that was also a big thing because a i could add some more to more star wars viewings to my tally and then uh you know then they did the the prequels at the time we didn't even know the prequels were coming out so it was kind of a uh a big surprise, I think. I don't remember them. I don't remember thinking that there were going to be prequels when they re-released the special editions, but my memory might be wrong on that. Is it safe to say that you went to see the prequels when they came out? Yeah, I think I saw The Phantom Menace the first day it came out. I remember seeing it at like like 9 o'clock in the morning or something. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't too long before. I was like, huh, this isn't uh, that good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I still okay. wind up seeing it like three times in the theater, and that's that's always a fascinating number. Is whenever we have guests, we ask them what the Phantom Menace number is, because basically, <laughs> how how uh, how willing were they to admit that it's a problematic film? And, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think the, my co-host Pete, the retailer, saw it thirteen times in the theater. <laughs> thirteen times? Yes, thirteen, including one in three D. <laughs> Was he hoping that it would somehow get better, or? I, I think for a lot of people, there was a kind of denial period where they were like, no, this is good. It's new Star Wars. It's new Star yeah. Wars. Like, it must be good. And then, you know, now, of course, now it's the opposite. People are like, it's new Star Wars. It can be good. It can be good. You know, people <laughs> get so. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think it was just you, you can tell people's uh, how hardcore of a fan they were by how many times that they saw before they were willing to admit it wasn't good. That's kind of neat. It's like a, a badge of honor almost. Yeah. And actually, it's funny because the first after I saw it for the first time, I went and saw it with my dad, which was a nice bit of uh, you know uh, ring theory with him taking me to see it as a kid. Yeah. And, uh, he he did not like the movie, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now that you've watched the prequel, well, the prequels especially, or in particular the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. again, minute by minute, you know, given uh, the perspective that almost over a decade brings as well as you know watching it so closely is it any better now do you think like did it age well are there bits of it that you can appreciate a little bit more or is it still just bad well one good thing about the about doing the show is now i associate certain scenes and such with jokes that we do on our show so that kind of elevates it for me because now I have positive associates. It's like when you watch a bad movie on Mystery Science Theater, yeah. you like the movie better because you're laughing with these guys at the movie. So that's kind of what the podcast um, does for me. I think also internet memes have been a huge uh, boom for the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith, because like every scene from that movie, like there's some, oh, look, that's where Toby Wan Kenobi says, you know, another happy landing. Everything is a meme. That definitely raised it in my enjoyment uh, in my enjoyment factor. Attack of the Clones is still awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Regardless of how awful this, the prequels may or may not have been, mm-hmm. how important would you say they were in terms of kickstarting Star Wars for the second time? Because 
as somebody who casually observes Star Wars, uh, like the fandom of Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, you have the original three movies and you have some a couple TV shows. You've got like droids and Ewoks mm-hmm. and you've got toys. Mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, they like released the special editions. After a long period, you have that. And then you have the prequels. Then you have the cartoons. And now we're back to having another trilogy of movies. Mm-hmm. So how, so how did the prequels impact the new movies, basically? I guess the question is, like, was it more the prequels or more, was it more the special editions that kind of rekindled Star Wars? Well, I think the special editions, uh, you know, were, were sort of the, uh, the, the herald for what was coming. I mean, now when you watch it, it's easy to see how, like, Lucas was going a little, like, CGI, you know, like, <laughs> well, like a kid in a candy store, like, kind of putting it in, like really trying to test it out f- to see what he could do for the uh, prequels. I think at this point, the prequels biggest legacy is kind of a, like the Disney movies were done sort of as an anti prequel. They were done sort of as a reaction to the prequels. Cause you know, the, the force awakens is very conservative in terms of, you know, it, the plot is very similar to the first one. The beats are all the same, yeah. and there's a lot of similarities and very little acknowledgement of anything. I think there's maybe one throwaway line about a clone army, like nothing referring to the to the prequels at all. But now I think now that they've kind of gotten their footing, you know, mostly that I think they're being more um, forgiving of the prequels and starting to integrate more things. You know, Solo included some big things that were definitely you know shout outs to the prequels and uh i'm hoping that this culminates in hayden christensen being in episode nine (laughs) i feel like that would be a good closure you know yeah not just bringing balance to the force but bringing balance to the fandom of like (laughs) knitting the the gen x uh millennial sort of uh uniting everyone in their love of star wars fingers crossed (laughs) yeah are there splits between different sets of fans like you know there are people who love all of star wars and people who only love this trilogy or that trilogy or even just the television series that exist well i I don't know if you've heard but there's nothing that comes out with star wars now that does not divide people into warring factions it's it's, uh it's kind of crazy uh yeah there's definitely a lot of different camps you know it used to be like original trilogy versus prequel trilogy people and now it's like original trilogy versus prequel trilogy versus sequel trilogy versus uh, people who are mad that they got rid of all the books yeah. and versus people who are mad that they have ladies, you know, and then the lead roles <laughs> and stuff. So it's it's really uh, like they say, no one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. <laughs> you guys would probably know more than anyone. Do any other fandoms have this kind of like self-hatred? Without thinking about it, the answer is yes. But I couldn't tell you <laughs> specifically which ones like. Off the top of my head, I think um, we had a, a fan of the Vampire Chronicles mm-hmm. on, which is like an yes. interview with a vampire and things like that. Sure. Uh-huh. There seems to be a lot of self-loathing in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there have definitely been other ones, but like Star Wars, even recounting a bit from our previous episode, seems to be one that is a little bit more pronounced. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> I don't think they really hate it. I went to go see a movie called uh, Breakthrough this past weekend. I was dragged along on a family thing. It was terrible. It was, you know, <laughs> it wasn't for me. But I just walked out. Oh, okay, that was whatever. And I went home and went on with my life. I'm not going on message boards and demanding that <laughs> someone remake it and that they should have cast different people. Like, so it's it definitely has a kind of stalkerish kind of hatred to it. 
not only do you are you mad about Star Wars, but you're mad that you care about Star Wars. So you're you take it out on the object of your affection, which is like, why do you make me love you so much? You know, <laughs> that kind of a creepy, creepy attitude about it. So in the way, I'm kind of like, well, like in much the same way that I say, well, let people enjoy their fandom however they want. If these people want to spend their fandom hating on it, well, that's their uh, shtick, you know? Let them do it if they want to. Like arguing with people about it just seems dumb. Yeah. They're movies for crying out loud. <laughs> do you think that divisiveness sort of comes from maybe there being movies like when i think of other fandoms you know lord of the rings fans it's all about tolkien's books mm -hmm. earthbound fans it's all about the the earthbound series of games the mother series of games mm -hmm. there are star trek fans even maybe it's a little bit more apt they really love the tv series but with with movies as opposed to books i don't know there just seems to be something where like there's so much more time usually in between the releases mm -hmm. it's uh usually a much more concentrated shorter experience most movies don't run longer than two ish hours <laughs> unless it's a marvel movie <laughs> end game maybe but like because there's these way spread out fairly short kind of hits of media of of the story of the characters the lore and all that stuff is that maybe what makes the star wars fandom so divided well, I guess it's easier to be a casual fan of something that's a movie series as opposed to books, because obviously if you're going to read Harry Potter, you're devoting, you know, a good chunk of your life. Yeah. Not a good chunk of your life, but you know, it's a, it's an investment. It's not like you're, oh, yeah. it's not like you're sitting for two hours in a theater and having something spoon fed to you the way you are of the movie. So well, that's a good point. I think also because at this point, I think the book thing is a good uh, angle because also then you get, I guess, frequently the author has kind of worked out a lot more stuff. And kind of has, oh, I can do foreshadowing because I know how this story ends. Yeah. I don't think at this point anyone really, there was any plan with the Disney movies in terms of what the ultimate goal was. It doesn't feel that way to me. So I think it's easier for people to get mad because they just feel like a corporation is running it. You know, not it's not yeah. an author creating a work of art. It's a company creating a franchise, you know, which that's how most movies are. These They're not most movies, but I guess, I guess Bond is kind of like that. Bond isn't based on any books anymore. It's just kind of like a movie property. Yeah. And I guess Bond heads can get mad, but Star Wars fans, it's something different about it. Do you think anything changed when they when they basically canceled the whole extended universe of the, of the books when Disney uh, took ownership? Well, here's what I think happened. Star Wars was very popular yep. back in the 70s. I don't know if you guys know this. There's some crazy <laughs> theory. Star Wars okay, was very okay. popular. And then in the 80s and 90s, it went through a kind of fallow period we called the dark times because there was very little original stuff coming out. The novels didn't really start in earnest until the like the 90s. I don't remember what year the, the Timothy Zahn's book came out, but that was kind of like the birth of the EU. So for even part of the 80s, there was no Star Wars stuff at all. So mm. the only people who were into it were like the 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 diehard monks who are like keeping the flame <laughs> alive and and so i think now that it has become popular again those monks feel a certain protective thing like we kept this flame going when no one else cared and now anyone can enjoy this flame that we've kept alive kind of a mixed metaphor there but <laughs> you get what i'm saying yeah. so it's so i can understand their resentment that they're like oh we use this used to be our special little thing and now everyone does it mm -hmm. you know again they're mad that something they love is is not faith is not you know faithful <laughs> to them they're like you know why are you going yeah. over those girls so uh 
I can understand why that people being mad that they got rid of the EU, but it was never really like the, you know, I think even, I don't know, I guess because I don't really care for the EU books or anything like that. It seems like, why did I just get over it? But uh, I don't know why people get so, uh, like, because it didn't really, it didn't quote, really happen. Now I, I don't want to mm-hmm. read those books anymore <laughs> because they used to, <laughs> they used to count. Now they don't even count. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's it's a weird way to look at books. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Taking a different angle on this. So mm-hmm. we're kind of going down the divisive path and and like, mm-hmm. let's let's do the right thing. Let's unify the light and dark. And, uh, you know, you've done a few live shows mm-hmm. for Star Wars Minute and probably have met more Star Wars fans than I have. Actually, I can guarantee that you've met more Star Wars fans than I have mm-hmm. doing hundreds of episodes on a podcast about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. What are most Star Wars fans like from what you've seen? Well, it's funny, this past, uh, maybe not this past weekend, but a few weekends ago, I was at the Star Wars Celebration, which is kind of like a comic book convention, but f- for Star Wars stuff. And I, I, is that a famous thing outside of Star Wars? You guys know what I'm talking about? I had a friend that went, so that's the only reason that I have a picture in my head. Yeah, for, for Star Wars nerds, it's kind of like the, the, big, the big dance, the big... Uh, that's probably not a good analogy to use. <laughs> nerds aren't famous <laughs> for their love of dancing, but uh, it's, you know, it's like the big Magic the Gathering tournament of the year. So anyway, but one thing I thought was really cool about it was that everyone there was enormously positive. And, you know, like everyone just seemed like they were there to have fun. And you had people of a lot of different physical types. And, you know, it it seemed like a very inclusive environment, which I thought was great because, you know, it's it's very easy to when you live on the Internet to be like, oh, it's so toxic. And there's so many. Everyone's just fighting all the time and arguing. But mm-hmm. going in there in person, you would never know that there were Star Wars fans who were organizing boycotts and so on. I think most Star Wars fans are just, you know, nice, regular people who are who are into Star Wars. It's just, <laughs> so it's the outliers was where you run into, you know, problems. But, uh, you know, I think they're at the either extreme of the bell curve. They're not like a typical thing where... Uh, I think people just just love, uh, I don't know, it has a kind of religious quality to it. <laughs> like, people are really into it, and, re- and I think that's why people get so angry, because the, the people take it very seriously. It's easy to see, like, a hundred years from now, that there's going to be wars over which, which interpretation of the Star Wars holiday special is the accepted gospel. <laughs> but generally, like a lot of, like everyone, they're just regular people who are just kind of, you know, there to have fun and have a good time, so... I think also another thing that bothers certain types of <laughs> focusing on the divisiveness again. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you brought it up this time. <laughs> Keeps coming back to it. Well, I think the problem a lot of nerds have is they think the only way you can express your love of something is by learning a bunch of obscure facts about it and being able to pull references and things like that. And there's other people who have different ways of enjoying a movie. You know, you can go to a movie and be totally moved by it, but not feel the desire to read, you know, buy toys about it and read novels and stuff. doesn't mean they're not a fan of the movie. It just means they like it differently. But Star Wars people generally are very nice. Everyone, it's generally been very positive interactions. Fans are pretty positive people. I'm sure that you've got some pretty positive memories. You've already mentioned uh, going to see the movie when you're six years old. Mm-hmm. What is your fondest memory that's related to Star Wars? Well, I mean, aside from the going to see it with my dad and, and that kind of stuff, I think recently when I saw Rogue One, I loved the ending of that movie so much. It was great because for a few minutes, I was able to shut up my inner critic. You know, when I'm watching, (laughs) nowadays when I watch a Star Wars movie, I'm watching it both as a, 
viewer and also as a podcaster who's like, oh, how is this going to impact the rest of Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. the rest of the universe or whatever. So, but watching the end of Rogue One, I was like, that was the first time I think since seeing Star Wars, the original theater that I was so enraptured and like, so, oh my gosh, I'm like eight years old again and just totally into what's going on on the screen. Like, I'm so excited and like, you know, I had tears welling in my eyes watching the space battle because it was just such a, you know, obviously it has a, you know, a nostalgic value, but, um, since then, I've kind of cooled on it a little bit, but I still love that memory of seeing it for the first time and being like, I don't care what my inner critic says, like, my inner eight-year-old loved the end of that movie, you know, and Darth Vader running around and, <laughs> and attacking people, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And we had to record a live show the evening after we saw Rogue One, so it was funny, because you know, we couldn't really talk about it because the people hadn't seen it yet and so on, everyone's so, you know, obsessed with spoilers and whatnot. That was a a really cool time. And I was really into the toys when I, with my second wave, I had, you know, uh, I was going to say a number, but I realize nowadays <laughs> that saying like, oh, I had over a hundred Star Wars figures. That's like nothing now. <laughs> well, you know, the, the simplest child has over a hundred Star Wars yeah. figures. So, uh, it's probably over a hundred Star Wars Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Well, I used to love playing with the uh, toys. You know, I wrote a bunch of graphic novels and stuff. And I definitely think playing with those toys as a kid, making up my own stories was definitely a, uh, a big uh, segue from that into Dungeons and Dragons were definitely the, the sort of origins of my being able to tell any kind of story. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the toys. Yeah. Were those graphic novels in the star Wars universe or were they your own original stuff or? Oh my, it was my own original stuff. Okay. The first one, uh, I finished it in 2000, so this is a ways back now. But that was one where I, I slipped a bunch of Star Wars references into it. By then, uh, the prequels were coming out. They just started coming out towards the end of the book. So that was a weird time where we were putting in Star Wars references, and it was almost like no one would catch them. Now I think that's almost impossible to do, because you know, if I say any Star Wars-ish words together, then people are like, oh, like Star Wars, you know, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, you just gotta slip yeah. in a general Kenobi and uh yeah. it all works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, despite what uh, whatever happens with fans, like some part of me will always still love, you know, Star Wars. The original one I think is still the best of the of the bunch. And by the bunch I mean movies. <laughs> <laughs> all movies. The best of all movies. Alright. Well, like we've talked a little bit about the toys and the figures and and how you seemed to have collected them at one point or another Mm -hmm. so what i'm wondering is like in your in your day-to-day life outside of the podcast outside of you know going to conventions or uh or fan celebrations that sort of thing do you express your star wars fandom like at your day job just when you're out and about or is it something you kind of keep to yourself and sort of keep to the star wars community at large well, um, now that I'm like a professional fan, you know, I it's it's you know uh, like a job for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend not to do a lot of Star Wars stuff in my off hours, just because like you know you gotta you gotta broaden your interests. I like Star Wars, but it's not everything. It's not my be all and end all. So uh, so I don't do too much Star Wars stuff when I'm not you know on the clock. I I uh, I didn't own any shirts until we, any Star Wars shirts until we started the podcast but now i have about 10 star wars t-shirts that's about the extent of me expressing my star wars uh love is is 
you know, uh, occasional T-shirt. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have any of the toys anymore or anything. It's <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's different. So uh, I'm a closet fan, I guess. There's some pretty strong irony there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Well, sorry, I just mean this. Uh, maybe it's not irony. I've I've lost the sense of what the word irony actually means. <laughs> it's just that you're like, oh yeah, Lance I just more said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, uh, I I love Star Wars. I do a podcast about it. It's like, oh cool. Do you have any Star Wars stuff? No, nah, man, that's insane. I don't <laughs> I don't do that. Well, and I also like I also get like embarrassed when I talk to um, like civilians about it like if i'm talking to like my parents friends and they're like so what do you do a podcast about star wars and i'm like Ugh. like yeah. it's hard to explain especially when older people don't know what podcasts are to say like <laughs> yeah i go on it's like i go on the radio and talk about star wars and they're like what? you know and then also people assume that you're one of those like you know like people who walks around throwing a light you know with a lightsaber all the time or, <laughs> or you know yeah one of the monks yeah Star Wars fans have kind of um, eclipsed Star Trek fans as like the go-to kind of let's make fun of nerds sort of uh, thing. So uh, Star Trek fans have to be happy about that. <laughs> it's interesting because after like it's either 40 or 50 years, I'm really bad at, at math. And also, I don't remember the exact year Star Wars came out. Mm -hmm. But like in all the time from then to now in the time in the changes that have happened in terms of geek culture that it's just like, Oh yeah, I do a podcast on star Wars. And it's like, at the very least, someone knows what star Wars is when you mention that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause you could be like, Oh yeah, I do a podcast on some obscure anime that no one knows about. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's, you know, it's, we started doing this star Wars minute and uh, got some uh, attention. And so other people started doing their own movie by minute podcasts. If you go to movies by minutes.com, you see, I think at this point there's over 125 different movie shows, you know, movies by minutes. And uh, in retrospect, I think it was just pure dumb luck that we happened to pick something <laughs> that was not only like just monstrously popular in the mainstream world, but that also was like the internet loves talking about star Wars. <laughs> so, so it was, you know, you're, you're selling people a product. They're already, you know, uh, very eager to do, but you know, some of these other people are doing movies that just don't have the, the sort of fan base that, you know, regardless of the quality of the movie, you know, like somebody did mystic pizza minute, which, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, that's, that's cool, but I can see how that wouldn't, it would be harder to sell it to people. I'm sure the mystic pizza fans really love it or love, <laughs> love the idea that someone's catering to them, but star Wars is very, very popular. We're kind of like a, a barnacle on the enormous, <laughs> we are, we are then, we are the flea that lives on the barnacle that is on <laughs> the enormous thing that is star Wars. As soon as you mentioned barnacle, my brain has gone completely off topic because I remembered all sorts of not pleasant facts about barnacles. <laughs> oh yeah, what were some barnacle facts? I, I'm pretty sure like a barnacle <laughs> is like a like the creature that has the largest ratio between like its body size and its like penis size. Oh okay. Don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> Next facts. time I meet a barnacle, I'm definitely, definitely <laughs> take a look. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't look up barnacle penis on uh, Google and. <laughs> boing boing barnacle penises are really fascinating all right <laughs> it's a string of words i never thought i'd say together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might not be a star wars thing but you could meme that take a picture of a barnacle nope <laughs> and and ju just put the caption my schwartz is bigger oh there you go hey 
Oh, see that Venn diagram of Spaceballs fans and uh, <laughs> Barnacle fans. All right, this actually leads me to a serious question. Okay. Or semi-serious, I guess. Spaceballs parody of Star Wars came out, I think, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty popular. And now with the new trilogy coming out, we're going to hopefully see another Spaceballs mm-hmm. parody. What do you Star Wars fans feel about Spaceballs? Do you like Spaceballs? Uh, I personally do not care for Spaceballs. I think it's one of those kind of things you either really love Spaceballs or you really do not love Spaceballs. Unfortunately, I fall into the latter camp. <laughs> if I had seen it, I think at the right time, I probably would have been a fan. But I think when it came out, I was already too old. And like I said, back then, you didn't want to like Star Wars when you were a teenager because Star Wars was something babies were into. And also, as Mel Brooks movies go, I think it's kind of, I don't know. So, no, but yeah, Spaceballs is very popular among certain uh, segments of the population. And uh, I know there are rumors that they are going to be doing another one. I hope... Here's my beef with Spaceballs. Mel Brooks doesn't know anything about Star Wars. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Other than just the basic, barest facts, it's like the laziest satire you could possibly have. You know, like when he did Young Frankenstein, you could see his love of Frankenstein movies in that thing. But, you know, he clearly was not that interested in in Star Wars. I think to really parody something, you have to really love it. So if someone else is involved in it besides, I mean, obviously Mel Brooks is 100 years old now. He's not going to be making the movie. I'm sure he would just, you know, Mel Brooks presents, you know, the Wayans brothers in (laughs) Spaceballs 2 or whatever. So I definitely think Star Wars is due for a good good satire. And I I think they could continue with Spaceballs. I think they they could continue with that universe. It's it's a good enough comedy (laughs) thing. But it needs to be uh, freshened up a little bit. Get that Miller and Lord in there to do a... Uh, they almost did it with Han Solo, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm at this point where I'm sick of, of dark and gritty. I want to <laughs> see fun and lighthearted in my, in my entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's... Speaking for myself, that's kind of what drew me to Star Wars over Star Trek to begin with. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the original trilogy was uh, particularly bright and cheery. But mm-hmm. just seemed, I guess, more hopeful because of the whole grand scale conflict between good and evil, rather than Star Trek being about idealism and post-colonialism and other isms. Might be a while since I've watched through some of Star Trek, but they blew a planet up? That's not a super hopeful thing. <laughs> no. No. Well, are you talking about modern Star Trek? Oh, no. That's an, it's an entirely different beast. I mean, just thinking back to, like next gen or whatnot there were conflicts but i can't remember the last time somebody took a space laser and blew up a planet yeah that's uh i think also star star trek is more of a brainy thing and star wars is just they're really children's movies (laughs) (laughs) i I hate to let the cat out of the bag but what uh i think the original star wars works like the wizard of oz Hmm. It's meant to be not real. So the more movies they pile on to try to explain everything, the more they kind of, to me, ruin what made the original one so great. So it's it's a kind of a, a paradox there that it was so successful that it, it spawned sequels, which then kind of like 
My co-host Pete the Retailer said that if George Lucas had done Star Wars and the Star Wars Holiday Special and then had gone into seclusion and never released another movie, that Star that would have been better for Star Wars as a movie <laughs> than, than having sequels and, and explaining everything and, and all that stuff. I, I like it better with a more kind of magic thing where nothing is really explained. And you can really get away with a good and evil in a magic world. Yeah. But if you try to make it realistic, good and evil just doesn't like work that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, we're, humans are too gray to really be good and evil in that sense. I think they're trying to move towards that, trying to make it more, tell subtler stories, but then, you know, you're kind of killing what made it Star Wars, which was, oh, it was a princess and a farm boy <laughs> and these, these, these kind of big famous characters. Yeah. Do you think that because, you know, the next uh, numbered movie is supposed to be the end of the saga, according to the trailer? Mm hmm after that one's finished, that they'll sort of move away from the big grand epic stories and tell smaller stories where it's possible to show characters that are a little bit more gray? I think officially Disney has no movies on the schedule after uh, the episode nine. But, you know, Ryan Johnson is supposed to be working on a trilogy. And so there are other movies somewhere in the Sausage Factory. But I feel like with the rise of their streaming service and everything, they're really going to want to push that. Yeah. And uh, if you're interested in subtle storytelling, then I think that's great news. Because on an episodic TV show, you can get a lot more into characterization than you can in one two-hour movie, you know? For sure. Have you heard any rumbling sort of amid the fandom at all about... What if Star Wars became a TV show kind of thing on, on one of these streaming services or on Disney streaming service? Well, there's there's already one that is definitely confirmed called The Mandalorian, which is, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are, but Mandalorian is kind of what Boba Fett is, that kind of armor. Okay. And so they're doing a basically a TV series with uh, focusing on a Mandalorian bounty hunter. We've never seen him before. And it takes place in a time they've never done anything about. And so it's all brand new characters and such. And uh, it looks amazing. Hmm. It really feels like a, like a, like a Western kind of like gritty vibe. I know I just said I was sick of dark and gritty, but now <laughs> this one was really good though. <laughs> so, and you know, it's got, it's got Carl Weathers in it. It's got, um, Werner Herzog is the bad guy in it. What? I mean, come on. How could you not want to wow. see that? I want to see this now. The other thing they're supposed to be working on is one of the characters from Rogue One. Uh, they're doing a series about him leading up to Rogue One. Hmm. Yeah, so I think the more special effects driven stuff will probably be more in the movies and the smaller character stuff will probably be in the TV shows. So uh, I'm excited about it. I'm very curious to see what they do. Sounds really interesting. Being really excited about The Mandalorian, really loving various movies. I think even on the wiki you can see what you currently rank the Star Wars movies as uh do you have mm -hmm. a guilty pleasure in terms of all the different star wars properties movies tv series etc no i think anything that gives me pleasure i i do not take guilt in it I mean, at least when it comes to star wars i mean it's just so there's i mean i'd say probably the thing that uh surprised me the most was there was a tv series called droid tales which was um basically you know those lego star wars uh i'm sure you've seen the video games yeah. or uh, basically they did a, a six episode series that was like a mad magazine <laughs> of star wars you know telling the story in a slightly different way that was it had a lot of emphasis on humor and i really thought that was better than any of the clone wars episode <laughs> that was the best star wars tv that there's been to this point so 
uh, anyway, here it is, a Lego uh, Lego uh, <laughs> thing. But you know, as we've learned, the Lego there they put out some good stuff, some good some good uh, you know entertainment. I guess if if anything was going to be a guilty pleasure, that that would qualify as a guilty pleasure. But like I said, I don't really feel guilty about it. I I tell everyone how great it is every chance <laughs> I get. Yeah, it's Star Wars is great until you tell people that you work on it, and then it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the people, the, there's two different, two different target <laughs> audiences there. The people I keep secret about it, I just say, oh yeah, I do a movie podcast, and then that's that's all I say. Then, but if it's if someone who I think actually might care, then I uh, jump right in raving about the Mandalorian. <laughs> Being a huge fan of Star Wars and having your own podcast on it. Have you had the chance to meet anyone who has been in the movies? And if so, what was your favorite person that you have met? Uh, well, technically speaking, the only person I've I would say I've met in who was in the movies was uh, Nathan Hamill, the son of uh, Luke Skywalker himself, <laughs> Mark Hamill. Nathan had uh, some cameos, like uh, small appearances in the movies over the years, and so. But yeah, oddly, we've never had anyone from the show on the show or or anything like that. So we tried. But I think it might be a case of people being like, well, they don't want to they don't want to go on a show where we, you know, have gentle fun making fun of Star Wars. So I don't know if they want to they don't want to come on and be like, how could you, you know, why would you go on a show that made fun of Star Wars and get get angry? So uh, I don't know if that's the case, but uh, we have had a lot of great guests, non Star Wars, you know, guests like comedians and things. I'm a big comedy fan, so getting to have, you know, people from these podcasts that I love so much, like, uh, you know, uh, like Doug Benson and the Super Ego Guys oh, cool. and things like that, it's that to me is like, wow, that's like the best part of the whole experience, is <laughs> giving an excuse to get to talk and chat with these these comedians that I that I really uh, admire so much. So uh, we've just gotten to have some crazy, you know, we got to go on a cruise and do our <laughs> ship show on a cruise. What? Things like that. So, uh, yeah, it was one of these... Um, like comic book convention at sea kind of concept where they they hired a bunch of comic book artists and writers and so on and movie people and stuff to go basically interact with fans and they said hey you guys do the star wars podcast do you want to come on the boat and do this podcast and we're like sure and <laughs> uh the whole thing must have been a disaster because they never repeated it. <laughs> so, this thing, but we had a great time <laughs> when we did it. So you know that's something that uh, you know never would have happened if uh, if we hadn't started it. If we did an episode on one of your favorite fandoms, mm-hmm. or your favorite movies, TV shows, books, etc., what would that be? So things that there already are existing fandoms of. Is that or or is it like oh yeah I love the movie Casino I would love to go to a casino convention and talk with casino <laughs> fans I mean is is that a thing Am I making up my own <laughs> fandom <laughs> I mean you obviously do a podcast about Star Wars really passionate about Star Wars mm-hmm. but as you said sometimes you got to broaden out Oh sure I'm a, I'm currently a uh, I'm currently going through a period where I'm obsessed by Richard Nixon hmm. the disgraced uh, U.S. president <laughs> Okay Absolutely zero parallels to today. well that's the thing is i've been into him for a few years now and i'm like oh my gosh this is perfect this was like a it was like i had a a class in what was going to be happening in the next few years (laughs) just this past year i went to the nixon birthplace and museum in lovely uh california so uh i would love to go to a richard nixon convention (laughs) (laughs) like if they had like authors speaking about richard nixon and i could get memorabilia and stuff oh my gosh that would be fantastic (laughs) different impersonators there you could take pictures with why isn't this happening (laughs) It's a a wee tangent, but uh, have you have you heard of the author Austin Grossman? No, who is he? He's this guy. He's written a few novels here and there. Um, one about uh, 
a super villain that I think is a is going to be a trilogy. One about uh, people making video games, and he he also wrote another one. I forget what it's called now, but about Richard Nixon, and it's this alternate history novel where it's about Richard Nixon, who, you know, everything sort of happens the same way, still disgraced, still all that stuff. But the reason why he was so paranoid, why he had this enemies list and everything, why he he did what he did with Watergate and all that stuff, was because he was trying to save the world from some sort of paranormal, like, invasion from another dimension or something. Oh, you know what? I just Googled him while you're... And I read that book soon, I Will Be Invincible. Okay. Oh, I'll definitely have to check out this uh, Crooked, it's called. Yes. Yeah. I definitely have to check that out. Thanks for the tip. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you've got your fan meeting place. You've got the the museum. Yep. Now you've got some fan fiction. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> We're well on our way to starting a convention for this, folks. Also, yeah. Also, if you're aware of uh, Twin Peaks, uh, the secret history of Twin Peaks has a little bit about... Uh, Richard Nixon's involvement with what's going on with the the various lodges. So uh, <laughs> what? Oh, that's really yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> One uh, cool thing they had at the uh, Richard Nixon Museum was, uh, you know, aside from all the serious stuff about you know China and Watergate and stuff, they had a section yeah. that was all Nixon in pop culture, and so they had like <laughs> the Futurama, Nick, you know, Nixon's head in a jar. They had Nixon in Mad Magazine, and you know, and, and stuff. So that was kind of cool that they had his impact as a cultural figure as yeah. well, the pop cultural figure. Yeah. Did you know that the original Emperor was inspired by Richard Nixon in uh, Star Wars? Really? I think I did, but only because I went to the last stop on the Star Wars costume tour at the Detroit (laughs) Museum of something or other, and they explained some of the inspirations for his costumes. Yeah. George Lucas was a bit of a uh, California hippie and uh, hated Nixon, (laughs) as all the hippies did. And the whole battle with the Ewoks is supposed to be like Vietnam, you know, a non-technological force overthrowing a vastly superior uh, army and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the emperor was the tricky one himself. I think later on they kind of moved away from that. I don't think even George Lucas thought Nixon could shoot lightning (laughs) out of his fingers. (laughs) Haroo! My God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was just wondering, Alex... If you could say one thing to Star Wars fans everywhere, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Exercise. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, I would say lighten up. (laughs) They're only movies. All right. Alex, can you tell us a little bit about Star Wars Minute, where we can find that online, where we can find you online? Yes, my website is uh, comicbookalex.com. There you can find information about the various podcasts and the graphic novels I've done. Uh, if you want to skip all that and just go right to Star Wars, you can go to StarWarsMinute.com. And there you can uh, start from the beginning. You can download the newest episode. Either way, however you want to do it. You can either jump into the middle of Force Awakens or you can start from the very beginning. And, of course, there you can find it wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. And it's on uh, Spotify. We're on Spotify hey. now. That's a big thing we keep forgetting to promote. Cool. Hopefully we'll get a bump after my appearance on the show. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And I'm on Twitter, at ArobTwit. And that's also, you can find me on Instagram at that. And I also have a page on the Facebook, Alex Robinson. I got it early. I mean, it just says Alex <laughs> Robinson. So uh, good luck trying to find me from all the other Alex Robinsons out there. All right. Uh, does, does the show have a Twitter at all or anything like that? Oh, uh, yes. At Star Wars Minute. Pretty straightforward. Cool. All right. And this is, of course, Phantropological. Uh You can find us at phantropological.com. 
If you want to send us any email, any questions, comments, future fandom ideas, anything like that, you can send it to Nick at the Nixcast. And as for the social medias, uh, we're on all of them. Just look for the Nixcast. If you're looking for this podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter at at Phanthropologic or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Phanthropological. Other than that, we do have a special announcement from the Epic Film Guys, which we will play right now. Justin, can you believe it's almost time? Time for what? The 2019 live stream for The Cure. This is our third year hosting this amazing event with every single cent going toward cancer research. The Cancer Research Institute funds research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. And this amazing nonprofit organization is rated over 92% by CharityNavigator.org and puts 88 cents of every dollar toward cancer research. Last year, thanks to an amazing team of collaborators, fans, supporters, and listeners, we raised over $5,000 in 30 hours on the air. And this year, with your help, we're going for our biggest goal yet. Tune in May 17th to the 19th on twitch.tv slash Epic Film Guys for 40 hours of amazing content as we try to reach $7,500. For more information or to find out how you can become a part of the event, please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. That's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us, Alex. Oh, my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. We had a good time. I learned a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know if Z did. I, I assume he did. Yeah. I didn't know that Richard Nixon I, I did. I yeah. didn't, didn't really see the connection there, but you know, I'll never unsee it. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Because our main host, G, is not here, I will leave with his famous last words, which are uh, until next time, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.